Hey there, Sooners Nation. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. For amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, go to rockauto.com and save. On today's show, we're going to sit down with Josh Neighbors from the Locked On Big 12 podcast, where we discuss what happened with OU Texas, what's going on with the Oklahoma quarterback situation, all that, and more on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Joining me tonight it is John Williams of the Locked On Sooners podcast. John, I feel like ever since Saturday, it's just been like an overload of everything. Like ever since yeah. those games started, it's like that because we have the baseball playoffs going on. NFL, John Gruden just got fired. There's a, a tie game as we're talking right now in Monday Night Football. The Red Sox just made it to the AL, uh, ALCS. Like it is, it is a chaotic time to be a sports fan. Yeah, and I can barely manage my 17 fantasy football leagues with everything that's going on. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I did my show last night to recap the game. And after listening back, I was like, dude, there's so much that I didn't touch on. Right. Because it's so many, so many things happened in that game that it was just hard to process it all in just one show. It's crazy. You know, I was talking about it yesterday. I usually do notes during a show. I just have a notepad out, jot stuff down. It helps me when I revisit it and go through the stats and see if I can link things. I had the notepad and I put it down like <laughs> – as soon as Avery Worthy had the first touchdown, yeah. I was like, it's going to be one of those kinds of days. And it was just, yeah. um, you know, before we get into really the, the minutia and the inside, you know, what, what happened and whatnot, but like just so much has happened this offseason with everything. You know, I, I talked about NIL and I think it's a positive thing, but there's conjecture about that. Playoff expansion, obviously Oklahoma and Texas, you know, moving the SEC and ironically – kind of those two deliver like the example of why we love college football, right? Just kind of the, it, that that's it right there. And also, you know, it was, it was funny. I was flipping back and forth and I was, I was paying attention on Oklahoma, but I got a text from somebody who said, you got to go over to the Arkansas game. And I flipped over to the Arkansas game and I missed the play. I wanted to see, I missed the two point conversion stop. And I flipped back over. And I think I missed the fumble happen live. The, the strip, uh-huh. That, Oklahoma, uh, that Oklahoma forced on Xavier Worthy. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is just like, it's just, it was just crazy. And it was great though. It was great. It was great to have um, Oklahoma and Texas. And look, the decision for game day to go there, uh, complaining about that now? Is anybody complaining now? No. Yeah. Not at all. You know, I think it's one of those things like anytime that that game is going to happen, whichever network is hosting it is going to have their big time broadcast team there. There's just, it's one of the top, five games in all of sports in all of North American sports. I mean, you could even put it up there with anything that happens in the premier league as well. Like Arsenal, Manchester, U, like OU Texas has that same level of excitement, same level of hype. And in almost every single year, it lives up to it. Like this was just one of those all time classic games that had everything go on. Like, Oh, you spot them 14 points, you know, right off the bat, a 75 yard reception by Xavier worthy a blocked punt that led to another score two plays later. And you're like, what isn't this game going to provide today? Right. I, I just think about it afterwards. It was, I mean, I've been thinking about it for days now, just like the game and, and just, um, you know, it, it was, it's such a busy, because oh, I, I think about Oklahoma now, like let's get into Oklahoma. It's so weird. Cause I was thinking about it today. There's, they're six and zero, oh, and ironically, 
they are two spots lower than where they started in the preseason AP poll, which I think is like, it's this weird telling thing about them. It's, it is, they're getting the job done. Um, but it's not always been pretty, but they're getting the job done. was the most important thing. Yeah. And I think people at this point, after some of the college football playoff failures, they're looking for a reason to knock Oklahoma and Mm -hmm. to not put them in there. And, you know, through the first five weeks of the season, it was the close wins, you know, they, they only beat West Virginia by three, which, you know, the longer that goes, the worse that loss looks or that, sorry, the worse that win looks, yeah, win, yeah, uh, right. you know, the, the K-State, they barely beat K-State, you know, Tulane was Tulane thing, miss. you know, all yeah. these, all these near misses. And then they had another one against Texas that they had to rally to, to win. And I think it's just one of those things. It's like, there's a, maybe a little bit of an oversaturation with Oklahoma at this point over the last four or five years, everybody's hearing about Lincoln Riley. Everybody's hearing about the Heisman quarterbacks and whether it's the coaches or the AP voters there, they look at Oklahoma, like you, you've not delivered right on all the problems. We hear about you, but you don't deliver. Right. right. And, and, and that's, and that's a vital, you know, that's a, that's a valid knock against the program mm-hmm. at this point. They haven't been able to, to push through the college football playoff semifinals yet. At the same time, they're still a really good football program and they're still a really good team. And I mean, they, they've found every way to win a game this year. And I think that's a, the, that's a sign of a good football team. Yes. Is you, even if you win close games now, year to year, year over year, it's the close wins, they seem to level out. Where right. So you can't necessarily rely on winning close games all the time, but good teams find a way to win close games. Right. Yeah. It's, it's that variety, right? The, right. The, they've won these games in different, and, and you know, the game, honestly, like the game they should have lost was the West Virginia game. I mean, that was mm-hmm. the West Virginia, you know, or at least been in a position where they were down late because West Virginia, to be honest, should have scored in that drive where they had right. the, 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 they should have scored there, but credit to Oklahoma for capitalizing off of a West Virginia miscue. That's what good teams do. You know, that, that's, right. that's what, the, that's what those teams do. And, um, you know, are they ready right now for an Alabama, right? You know, on a, on a you know, I don't know how much lost, but like on a neutral field, would they be ready? Because that, that's really what matters, right? On a neutral field. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where the championship games take place for yep. the conference. That's where this big matchup between OU and Texas took place. That's where the college ball playoff takes place on a neutral setting and that kind of field. You know, will they beat an Alabama or I mean, I'm not sure anybody's beating Georgia, but would they be able to stick it to those teams? Not yet, but they something has to be said for winning in a variety of ways, whether it be defensive slugfests, shootouts. The game with Kansas State, I wouldn't call it a shootout. It was more like just a, I mean, paced. I guess is the right way, right? Mm-hmm. Just you know, kind of limited possession, if you will, right? Yeah. And, and making sure that you you capitalize on most of your possessions. They did that. So, and also being able to come back. I also think it speaks to the fact that, like, once again, Oklahoma is one of the most talented teams in the country. Right. And in this sport, that that's going to pay off more times than not. And so the fact that you can switch from a guy who is supposed to be a Heisman Trophy candidate to a guy that is um, really talented five-star quarterback who, you know, people in Oklahoma are always raving about the backup. That's that's really funny. I, I remember going to the LSU Oklahoma game and they were telling me about Spencer Rattler when you know when when uh, Jalen Hurts was in the game and 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 this year Dusty Dvorak was telling us about Caleb Williams and how in the spring game before you know this season and he's the backup this year so they were able to go to him and i mean he never looked back he absolutely never looked back yeah one of the things that was really surprising is just the way that he was able to step into a situation where it's one of the most hostile crowds that he i mean obviously it's the most hostile environment he's ever played in he didn't play his senior year because it was canceled due to covid 
this was the most competitive football he's played since 2019. He played in the Western Carolina game, but that game was not competitive. Right. It was done when he came into the game. He comes into this one. Texas has got an 18-point lead, and he immediately drives them down for a field goal. And then in the second half, Oklahoma outscores Texas 35-10. to 10. And he's a huge part of why that that happened. Obviously, there were it was a team win. The running game picked up. Right. The defense picked up. But it seemed like him entering the game really catalyzed this team to believe that they could come back and win this football game. It was crazy just the the the, the flip of the switch that happened uh, when Caleb Williams entered the game. And I'll have more of my conversation with Josh Neighbors after I talk to you about prize picks prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy they're a leader in college football props they have more props than anyone in the world offering star players from the power five as well as mid majors that you might not have even ever heard of prize picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns even interception thrown you can even combine props across sports whether it's the nfl and the nba major league baseball and college football prize picks has you covered Go to pricewix.com. You can use our promo code locked on to get 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That means you put in $100 and prize picks will give you $100 to play with. Prize picks is the place to go for daily fantasy props. You can get them over at prizepicks.com. Make sure to use our promo code locked on. Download the app today in the App Store or the Google Play Store, and prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I also want to talk to you about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is the family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. Whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional mechanic, you can go to rockauto.com and say, why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and save? All prices at Rock Auto are reliably low for every customer, and they have the easy to use website to find your solution to your auto parts needs. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And also I think that the offensive line deserves a lot of credit because Texas was shot out of a cannon on both sides of the ball. I thought to start off yeah. the game. They got pushed around in the second half. I mean, Oklahoma really pushed them around at the line of scrimmage. And it felt like Oklahoma was going to get whatever they wanted to as kind of the game progressed. Yeah. That's a credit to them. They've got to make sure that happens more often because hey, – go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I think that's one of the things that Caleb Williams provides is just his right. threat to run whenever they run the read option. That that action at the mesh point where he's you know trying to decide, am I going to hand it to the running back or am I going to keep it? That creates a split second hesitation by the linebackers, the defensive line, where they have to account for Caleb Williams. And then it gives the offensive line more time to come across, especially on that, that counter tray that Oklahoma loves to run. It yeah. gives them just another se- a half a second longer to get into position to make those blocks. And it just opens everything else up in the running game. Just being able, just having to account for Caleb Williams running ability, right. which he displayed on that six, even on the pitch, even on the, the fake pitch too. You know, yeah. it's, you gotta, you gotta account for him maybe getting the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's one of those situations where it, it just slows everything down on the defensive side of the ball, where you can't just go straight forward. You got to right. account for Caleb Williams. And the thing that I, that I loved most out of what he displayed on, on Saturday was just his poise when the thing didn't go right. He had two mm-hmm. botched snaps 
And both times he turned him into a positive play. One was a touchdown pass where he found Marvin Mims in the back of the end zone. And one was right. just a short, a short game where he scrambled around and picked the, you know, just got beyond the line of scrimmage. But the poise that he showed to be able to pull that off after dropping the snap in, in really critical situations was huge. I mean, that's one of those situations where you think, okay, he's botched the snap. Is this the time where the true freshman quarterback is going to fold, you know, in a, in, in, an incredibly insane environment that the cotton bowl was on mm-hmm. Saturday. And he, he was rose to the occasion in every single right. way. And I think it's the intangibles. And I, I've been hearing some Dak Prescott comparisons over the last couple of days. And I, I feel like they're very valid. Just what Dak Prescott yeah. did at Mississippi state and how he was able to go into these hostile environments and rise to the occasion because of just his belief that they were going to overcome whatever the obstacle was. And I think Caleb Williams brings a lot of that to the table. Yeah, I would say. I mean, the the difference between like what was happening with the offense was pretty clear. Like the the belief. Yeah. And I think this is this gets into the Spencer Rattler versus Caleb Williams stuff because there's there's a couple factors here. I don't think this is clear cut. Caleb Williams should be the quarterback moving forward, and here's why. There is something to be said for the fact that Caleb Williams energized the offense, but like you said, there were the drop snaps. Things were kind of breaking down. How does that work against Iowa State? How does that work against Oklahoma State is my big question. Mm-hmm. Because you think about, okay, Spencer Rattler, what has he done in his career? Well, he's had struggles, but he's beaten Oklahoma State and beat him badly last year. He's yeah. beaten Iowa State in a championship game setting after losing them earlier in the year. Kansas State, he went through that loss, and what did he do this year? Played a damn near perfect game against Kansas State. I do think there is something to, to, to be said for a guy who's got those late game – uh, or well, not late game, but he's he's got the experience of winning in those big moments. He has he has won them some pretty important games, and you know that's that's an emotional, crazy game that Texas Oklahoma game is. Is that sustainable against really good competition? Is my question because we've seen Iowa State's defense, we've seen Oklahoma State's defense. They make you pay. They make you pay basically yeah. every time with how good they've been. So that's kind of my question moving forward. Is I'm not saying it's lighting the bottle. I think he's, he's such a, I mean, you know, the Dak comparison is great. I, I think, yeah, kind of the inspiration, the moxie, the poise. Mm-hmm. Caleb's a lot more talented than Dak was as a yeah. player. You know what I mean? No, 100%. That's the one thing. Caleb's a lot more talented. And Dak was just, he knew he was so good. You could tell, like, that guy just worked his ass off and just kind of, he's elevated right. himself to a certain point. Caleb's really riding high, but, like, there is, and I would be too. I think we all would be in, in that spot. I just have some questions about, like when it comes down to them playing a really good defense and things stagnate, like, you know, do you trust a guy like Caleb Williams in that spot? Because I feel like I know he's so talented, but there's going to be a come to Jesus moment. There is going to be a come to Jesus moment where it's like, Ooh, Oh, he's still a freshman. And that that's why you and I have the concerns. You know, I talked about it too, like putting a young quarterback behind what, what had been a bad offensive line and thinking the results were just going to be good. I mean, this was, you know, this was an amazing performance, but it was only one half. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've talked about it a ton. I, you know, I had those same concerns. I mean, I, I've shared it with everybody that, you know, would listen that I had a concern about going to Caleb Williams a couple weeks ago. I, I have very few concerns now. I think there's mm. things that he needs to work on. I think obviously he's got to figure out his snap situation because I think he's bought, you know, had like three boxes. Yeah, that was weird. In the last he, must not have, he must not have run a whole lot with the center. I mean, that, that's just a communication issue. Yeah. And that, or he just taken his eye off the ball you right. know, before it gets to him. Um, so I think that's something that he's got to work on. You know, he, he had a couple of throws that weren't, weren't great, but every, every quarterback is going to miss throws. That's just the way it is. But I think what he was able to do under pressure 
you know, it's the same offensive line that Spencer Rattler played behind in the first half. And yet Caleb Williams seemed to find the the right spots to step into. He, he found that he seemed to find the time to, to bail out of the pocket and find that space. He just looked so much more comfortable and confident behind that offensive line than Spencer Rattler has much of this year. And, and I think that's the thing with Spencer Rattler. Like, and I don't, I don't want anybody to mistake what I'm saying. I think Spencer Rattler is still a really good quarterback. I just think he's not the same player that we saw last year. For whatever reason, he just doesn't look confident. He doesn't look like he really trusts himself or trusts his mechanics. And there's there have been far too many miscommunications between him and his mm-hmm. receivers. And I don't and again, I don't have the the benefit of knowing what the scheme is or or you know have the all 22 available to me, but on several of these these situations where it's like, you know, the receiver's going downfield and they're they're thinking it's going to be a deep ball because based on the coverage, Spencer Rattler sees it as a back shoulder and it's an incomplete pass or an interception against, you know, Texas. I think I seem to think maybe there was an option route there and Austin Stogner saw the the safety with inside leverage and decided to run the corner against the cover mm. two, but Rattler was going to throw it over, throw that in again, just miscommunication. And, and it seems like that's happening far too often. Right. And generally the, the body language, I talked about it with uh, 1400, the, the ref out of Norman today, the body language just doesn't look good in those situations either. And doesn't breed confidence in his teammates. You know what I mean? And that, and that's troubling a little bit. Um, whereas Caleb Williams, I think even from last year when he was still a senior in high school and he was out recruiting players, hosting the, the, the sooner mm-hmm. summit in Norman, um, you know, he was starting to build confidence in, 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 just everybody involved in the Oklahoma program, because this just seems like a kid who's just humble and is really, I don't know. He has a lot of belief in himself, but I don't know. He carries it in a, in a different manner. It's a meter so much different than yeah. so much different. It's and, noticeable. Yeah. And, and I think like there's something to be said for that, you know, like, right. and, and I've talked about it with my, you know, my former co-host David Walker several times where it's like, there's just something different about the way the two carry themselves and why maybe Spencer Rattler kind of isn't given as much leeway as former quarterbacks where, you know, the fans are chanting, you know, to replace and things like that. Right. And so it, there's, there's a lot that goes into it, but, and I, and Lincoln Riley's got a, an incredibly difficult decision. This like is I, really, this like, decision is like, hard on people making out, yeah. to be. not just play Caleb Williams. Yeah. Because here's, here's a good example from their rival, Texas. What happened in the first game of the season? Yeah. Hudson card, right? Everybody said, wow, this is, this was the right choice. It's a good move. What year is he? He's his first year player, you know, or right. he's in the program, but you know, his first year playing. And then what happened after that? Crumbled, yeah. completely right. crumbled, and they made the switch uh, back to Casey Thompson, and it, it worked out for them. And that, so that's that's why it's it's a half. But yeah. that's the OU Texas game is not an honest barometer of it's not a normal game. That's the problem yeah. with it. It's like yeah. it's it's not like one of those standard football games where you're watching and you're, you're saying, okay, you know, they're not going to play another game like that this year. It's just not going to happen. Right. And so that's why I'm kind of. Look, like they both need to play. I think. Well, once again, I believe Caleb. There, like, there's ways they can use him. That sixty, that, that touchdown run. Um, once again, the way that Emory Jones was used with Kyle Trask, there are ways to incorporate him. I think that there is a way to use both, but um, it is a really difficult decision. And mm-hmm. I think also too, like Spencer Rattler. I think he's trying to. He was. He's not really a a team guy. First, you can kind of tell, like it's taking him some time to learn how to be like that kind of guy. Right. I think um, Jalen hurts is a good example of maybe out of the entire group of quarterbacks they've had the least talented in terms of overall ability. Right. But 
the ultimate team guy, the ultimate hard worker, the ultimate guy that you want to rally around, even though he might have some shortcomings ability wise. And he's, you know, he lost a job and he's in college and has carried it all the way to become an NFL starter for a team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He lacks that. He he really does. And I think that's something that he can learn. And and if he does transfer, I just hope he finds the right situation because if he went somewhere else and became this awesome leader and, and like had a kind of, I think he needs a lot of self-reflection because it's pretty clear the belief and the just the juice is not there when he's out there as opposed to Caleb Williams. And here's a good thing. He's got the talent. That, yeah. that, that's there. We know it's there. Yep. It's It just appears not to be an actual, like, I think it's not a fully a football thing for him yet. Right. There's the, I feel like there's something going on between the ears because yes, I, 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 think, I think a lot got made of the turnovers last year. And so it's made him a little gun shy. You know, mm. he's he's not letting loose when he needs Especially to. behind that line, it's not been very consistent yeah, this year. Yeah, and I mean, he's turning the ball over again this year. Like, he's got seven turnovers in six games. Like, that's not good. But they're, but he's just really hesitant. He's just playing hesitant football, and you can't do that, especially when you're a gunslinger. Like, when you're a gunslinger, you got to sling it. You can't right. hold back. Like, you can't sit there and wait for the other guy to, to pull his gun before you shoot. Like, and that's why the Kansas shoot. City game, it was okay that he made the one mistake because he was basically perfect the rest of the way. It's right. going to happen, but you right. know his, his ability to kind of operate, move around, and make the plays he needed to, yep. sure, you had one mistake, but that's okay. That's what they want for yeah. him to, you know, to do that. And that's, you know – how do you get that guy every game? I think that's yeah. the problem as Oklahoma team on both sides of the ball. They're so talented, mm-hmm. but they have not had a stretch of games where they've played either, you know, like the offense did play well in this game, but like in context, they sucked in the game. The game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, do you feel good about the last two offensive performances? Kind of, but also maybe not really, right? Because right. of the, the way they struggled in the beginning of the game. So that's the thing with Oklahoma in, in general and on both sides of the ball, it's applicable. Like, can you be consistent? You're winning yeah. games in a variety of ways, which we talked about is good, but can you get consistent on either side of the ball? Yeah, and I think that's the, the thing that Lincoln Riley really got to look at this year, like this week, is what what's going to provide them the most consistently effective offense moving forward. And, I mean, we've seen Spencer Rattler now for five-plus games, and it's been up and down. You know, there were times where it was really, really good, even in the Tulane game. And then there were times where they were settling for a ton of field goals Um, against Kansas State. He had his best game of the season coming out in Texas. I I was fully confident that we were going to see the same Spencer Rattler we saw against Kansas State. But Mm. there was something about the the Texas pressure that really got to him. And he wasn't able to to navigate the pocket and manipulate, you know, the pressure well enough to to be effective and be efficient. I mean, it just he again, he was just off. And I think that's the story of Spencer Rattler this year. And, and I hate it. Like you, you hate to see, you know, really talented people not play well, like not do well. And I, and I know like there are a ton of Sooner fans that are right now, like really frustrated with Spencer Rattler and they, they want to really give them the business on social media or when they're in the stands and all that Which don't do if you're a fan. And I'm like, I get get you're frustrated. Like, you know, football is an emotional sport as a fan. You put a lot of emotion into it, but Mm -hmm. come on. He, he's a college kid. Yes. You know, like, and it, maybe we it's were easy all for college me to see at one point in time. We were yeah, all that age. Yeah. Maybe it's easy for me to say, cause I'm 39 years old. And like, I, I look at him like he could be my kid, literally like, you know, 17, I could have a kid or 18. I could have had a kid. Like that could be my son or my nephew right. or something like that. And, and while yes, I'm an analyst and I'm going to be on here critiquing his play mm-hmm. and critiquing maybe the way he carries himself. Like that's part of my job. One. And two, like, 
it's different than just like lambasting the dude on social media yes. or adding him or, or, you know, hollering you, at him from the stands. You should never bury like, these kids. It's, it's, it's so crazy to me. And I saw some tweets yeah. about it today. I saw the same stuff, John, where it's like, look, you know, the kid might be cocky too. And, and that's fine. But he's like, do you not think this experience has been humbling for him? Getting yeah. benched last year was very humbling for him. It clearly right. was. It clearly got to right. him. And also, I mean, the one time they asked him to come back in. So the two point conversion, I'm wondering if you feel the same way. That to me is a play that they know that Spencer has got down that Caleb doesn't, right? Yes. The two point yeah. conversion. And what did he do? Came in, yeah. executed it. He got the yeah. job done. He still helped the yeah. team get the win. And he put out on social media the same thing. Do not, do not crush college kids. Like, I love college sports. It's it's my you know paid to do it, paid to cover it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Do not bury these kids. It's yeah. it's too, we we were all that age at one point. And I promise you, you know, a lot of us probably skipped some classes. Uh, you know. Could I count on you to go to class every single day? No. Well, can you count on these kids to, to read the defense every single time, you know, every single week and get it right? No, it's fine. Yeah. Like these kids aren't, you know, they're not working people. They're not adults yet. And yeah. we, we love it. We we put a lot of stock in it. But if you're going to bury Spencer Rattler, you know, I, I don't think that's – you can have your own personal feelings about it. But going on social media to bury a kid – Save that, man. Like, it's just, yeah. I, don't bring that out. No. And I'll have more here with Josh Neighbors after I talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It is back and better than ever with all eyes fixed on the gridiron as the NFL and college football are in the midst of another great football season. Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. With a new and updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code LOCKEDON. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. And I also got to talk to you about sweat block. Sweat block is the doctor created, doctor recommended, and a person that works for up to seven days per use. It's been tested by firefighters on the Rachel Ray show, and they offer you the dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back guaranteed. It's been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews, and it's currently number one on Amazon in the antiperspirant category. Manufactured here in the USA, sweat block provides you the confidence that you need to get through your work day. Whether you're getting ready for a big presentation or a hot date, you can benefit from sweat block. It's stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed the next morning, you wake up, wash and go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. If you or someone you know is dealing with excessive sweating, you have to check out SweatBlock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com by using our promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. But the only way to get that 20% is to go to sweatblock.com and use promo code locked on. You know, the other thing that I feel like gets lost a little bit is this is a kid that's been really highly recruited since he was a ninth grader. Mm-hmm. And we, we hear we hear stories all the time about, you know, high profile AAU basketball kids or, you know, these football kids who get offers from Alabama as a sixth grader, like you, you see like the, the hype grow and grow and grow and grow. And you know, when you start to believe that sometimes like you, you get everybody tells you, you can do shit. everything. Nobody's yeah. telling you, you so, right. nobody's saying negative things about you. And right. like, I know I've heard accounts that it, I know there's actually people who went to high school with Kyler Murray and 
said the same thing. And why wouldn't you be that way? Why right. wouldn't you be that way? Right. And then you look at Kyler Murray, like he struggled at Texas A&M. Like mm-hmm. he was not the same player at A&M that he was at Allen or that he was at OU. Sometimes it just takes a change of scenery. And, you know, obviously you don't want to see a, a player in your program fail and have to move on somewhere else. You hate, like, you don't want that. Like he's your player for better right. or worse. He's a sooner at the same time if the future is Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley decides to go with Caleb Williams this year, like Rattler, you know, a a fresh scene might be good for him. I mean, we're seeing Tanner Mordecai down at SMU right now, just light it up. You're right. He's getting, he's getting an opportunity and a change of scenery has really been really beneficial for him. Perhaps the same could be said for Spencer Rattler, like taking a step back, going and playing somewhere else where it's just like, okay, all the pressure's off. I just need to go play football, get back to just doing what I know how yeah. to do and not worrying about being QB one, not worrying about being the Heisman contender, the the starting quarterback for a national championship contender. Although if he decides to go, you know, where I've, I've seen people suggest like Ohio state or Texas or, you know, then, I, Ohio state, then, then he would be a contender. Sense, so. but yeah, no, I think, you know, I, I think it's a funny situation where you feel comfortable because there's so much pressure. I mean, there's so much pressure at Oklahoma. And here's the thing. I don't think Spencer Howard is going to be the last guy that we see to have this happen to him because this, you know, this lineage is going to continue on. As long as Lincoln's there, there's going to be, it's going to be these kind of guys coming around. I mean, the legacy is there. Yeah. Right. And it's it's a lot to live up to. And Mm -hmm. um, I think he's got some personal growth to do. And I think like, you know, that's why it's just not, it it comes and goes, you know, that's why it's, it's there and it's not. And the kind of leads to my, you know, as we, wrap this thing up a little bit. Who do you think gets the nod this week? Do you think it's Caleb Williams? I think we see both. I, I think this is a good opportunity because uh, TCU's defense sucks. So yeah. whoever plays is probably going to light it up. Yeah, I think – I think I say I think. Like I've – I really think it's going to be Caleb Williams. I, I don't see how Lincoln Riley can go back to Spencer Rattler after what we just saw. Now, I mean, he's Lincoln Riley. He can do whatever he wants. He's right. really got he's got the golden ticket at Oklahoma for as long as he wants it. But if he wants to continue to build off of what was a really emotional win, a really good win to be able to come down, come back from twenty one down, and and continue to galvanize that locker room, you got to go with the hot hand. Like, and if it turns out that Caleb Williams just isn't ready to be the starter, well, then you've got a good safety net in Spencer Rattler. And you can be right. like, okay. And, and you know, if you're Lincoln Riley, you're like, Hey, I'm just trying to put the best guy out there that gives my team the best chance to win. And you can, and you can rest on that and know that, Hey, Caleb Williams is still going to be my guy next year. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. I think, I think for them, the, the story is here. It's like, you've got two decent options, right? You got, you know, the, and the reason why I say decent and not really good is they're both talented players, but one is a freshman behind an offensive line that has not been good against a team. His best performance against a team that was pretty worn out there, clearly, in the second half. Credit to your line for getting it done there. Um, I just think, like, here, here are the big three games for me down the stretch, John. Baylor, Iowa State, and then uh, Oklahoma State. Because those three teams on the defensive side of the ball are going to test you. That yeah. Iowa State defense is, is one of the three best in the country. Uh, they yeah. do not give up much. And I want to see, okay, if you can't run the football on them and not many teams have been able to, and it's on you, it's on your shoulders to make plays in the passing game all the time, what does it look like? Baylor, right. their defense has done a fantastic job. 
this year as well. Um, you know, Iowa State's able to move the ball on them, but the one thing they do very well, they get stops. They get stops yeah. at, at, at important times. Then Oklahoma State's defense is mean as hell. They are mean. They are um, – Malcolm Rodriguez is like one of my favorite players to watch. They get after it. They know they have to carry the team. They do. Now that game, that one might be a little bit different, obviously, because it's, it's the rivalry. So things can be a little weird in that one. But um, to me, those are the three games that I circle. But I think I'm with you. I think this week is Caleb Williams. And I think it's a great opportunity to kind of build and say, hey, it was more than just one half because TCU's defense is so bad. But I will say this. This week is about the running game because TCU's run defense is also yeah. not very good either, I, yeah. I believe. So I think – you had some. You finally had some running game success. This week, try to replicate that again, and then build some confidence in the passing game off of that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think, I think just what Caleb Williams brings, just in the running game itself, I think that helps your offensive line so much. You know, we talked about it a little bit before. Just the the hesitation that the defense has to give to account for Caleb Williams or, you know, if, if he's holding the edge guy from crashing down on the backside against the running back, then that, that that's huge. And I think that's going to be very beneficial. And I, I do think he's a poised player. You know, he was under pressure at times against Texas, you know, they, they were throwing stuff at him and he just hung in there and he made plays. I mean, the, the, the throw to Marvin Mims that he caught down the sideline, like he threw that ball 55 yards in the air on the run. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I think the thing that's most important about any of that is he, he gave his guy a chance to make a play and whether, I mean, Spencer Rattler's tried to do the same thing, but teams are, are playing more cover too. And there's, and a lot of times he's throwing into double, triple coverage Well, against Caleb Williams. You have to respect the running game so much that you're going right. to leave more guys in man to man coverage on the outside. And that's just going to help your receivers win one-on-one battles a little bit easier. Yeah, I, I I definitely think he brings that element, and I, we'll see if that composure carries over. There's no reason to think it won't, but yeah. you know, I, I want I'm 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 I think I think Oklahoma now is is a lot more interesting than they were a week ago. Yeah, which is really yeah. weird for a team that's still six and zero. It's like they've got they had a million questions, yeah. but they're undefeated still. Yeah, and I mean, there's still questions. You know, can can the offensive line replicate what they did? You know, can the defense bounce back? You know, I mean, the defense was great in the second half of that game. Mm-hmm. Like they held Casey Thompson in Texas to Bijan 10 didn't points. Do, didn't do a whole lot either. Yeah. He yeah. I mean, he averaged just like in the first half, he averaged like nine nine and a half yards per carry in the, in the second half, just four and a half. So mm-hmm. they, they really, they tackled much, much better. And, and so, I mean, the questions that were there against Kansas state are still there after this Texas game. I think most people that believe that Kaylee or Caleb Williams is going to be the starter, just feel a lot more confident about what he brings to the table right now than Spencer Rattler. And the good thing for them, they have a nice little stretch here where they can kind of whatever they want to build on, they can build. Yeah, you know, the TCU, Kansas, and Texas Tech stretch, you can you get yourself. But that last three games, we're going to figure out how good they are at the end of the season. Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, consecutive uh, consecutive weeks uh, at Baylor, home for Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. Yeah, and um, no matter who the quarterback is, that's that's the stretch. Like you got to right. win, it, you got to win at least two of those three to be in the Big Twelve Championship game. And you probably need to win all three. And all three of those teams will probably be fighting for a spot yep. in the Big Twelve in the Big Twelve Championship game. Mm-hmm. So this conference is awesome. It's a lot, it's a lot yeah. of fun this year. It's very, very, very it's very compelling. It is. I, I did my Big Twelve Power Rankings uh, for today over at Sooners Wire, and I, you know, like the top seven are all just really fascinating. You know, from yeah. like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Texas, Kansas State, Iowa State. Uh, just a lot of really interesting matchups 
that are going to happen over the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, at this point in time, it feels like there are actually like six teams that can make make the big yeah. championship. I mean, I mean, this this next week we got Oklahoma State and Texas. Like that's going to be a fantastic game. matchup, and it's going to be close. I, I mean, that's one of yeah. those games where it's like it, there's a there's a hundred percent chance that, that game is close. Yeah, uh, it, it feels like this week. So yeah, John, what are you working on at both uh, Sooners Wire and for Locked On Sooners? What can the people expect? Oh man, uh, we're going to continue to breaking down uh, OU Texas because there's just still a lot to unpack. I mean, I, I did my show went 34 minutes yesterday, and I still didn't get to everything I wanted to cover. Um, you know, we're going to do Locked On crossover edition with uh, our guy Stephen Simcox uh, from Locked On Horn Frogs uh, coming up this week as well. We'll have the Locked On Big 12 crossover roundtable that is just always such fun. Uh, over at Sooners Wire, we're going to start getting ready for TCU on Wednesday. But, man, we're going to keep riding the OU Texas wave um, through Tuesday because, it's again, there's just been so much to unpack and there's so much more fun to talk about from one of yeah. the great reservoir games we, we, of all time. I feel like we, we didn't appreciate it enough. You know what I mean? It's like the, the, No, the, we really the, didn't. The quarterback, it's, that was awesome, man. Like, yeah. that was – that was effing awesome. It was great. It was. I mean, it was such a fantastic game to watch. And, I, and I'm watching like behind because my daughter had a soccer game and I'm, I'm the coach, okay. so I have to go. Uh, so any any questionable coaching decisions out there, like you can definitely let me know about it. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, it was just such a bonkers game to watch. My wife and I were watching it and just so compelling, like as they start to kind of like inch back into it. It was even a basketball the, game. It was kind yeah, of a basketball game. More than like even game. in the first quarter, you know, like they're down 14-7 and have an opportunity and they're driving or they get the ball back after Oklahoma forces a three and out and they're and then Spencer Rattler turns it over. Pick. Yeah. Like, crap. Okay, now it's 28-17 and you're like, okay, they're driving and they're getting an opportunity to cut the lead, whether it's with a field goal or a touchdown to make it 28-20 or 28-24. And you're like, okay, it's a little bit different ball game there. And then we get the fumble. And then it's 35, 17. You're like, well, come on. You just can't get a break. Right. And then everything, like everything from when Caleb Williams came into the game to the end of the game was just, I mean, it was incredible. Like this, one of those situations, like the OU athletic department's media team is going to have so much to pull from that game for highlight videos for years and years to come. Cause people are going to remember it forever. Yeah, the game was characterized, I thought, in the first half by bad tackling by Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Second half, some some bad pursuit of the football, I'd say, by by Texas. Yeah. That last play, the, the Kennedy Brooks play, like you got it. It was a good play design and I, I like mm-hmm. it and everything. There's gotta be more guys towards the football. I mean, because they already they'd already run that play more than mm-hmm. once in yeah. that game. Like we've seen yeah. it before. And you well, the counter, the that counter was working all game long. Like, yeah. They do a good they do a very good job countering. Um what took what the kind of version out of the play too. Yeah. And what I've kind of figured out about Lincoln Riley is he's kind of like Coach Herman Boone from Remember the Titans. He's like, I run three plays. And the veer. Yeah, yeah, I just run three plays. And right. it's like Nova Kane, just give it time. It's going to work. And I feel like Lincoln <laughs> Riley is kind of the same way. It's like he's got a, you know, you look at his play card and it's like, you know, a folded over piece of paper. It's not mm-hmm. huge. Like, and yes, he's gifted offensively, but I feel like it's a lot of just like, hey, these are our concepts. Right, and we're going to keep running these concepts over and over and over again, and eventually they're going to bust through, and we're going to find our talents going to win out. Our, yeah. our well-coached talent's going to win out against you. Right, yeah. right, and eventually, yeah, it's like we're going to wear you down enough with these that it's going to break, and that's yeah. I feel like that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it did. It did. John, appreciate your time, man. Uh, as always, what a weekend! What a weekend! Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be another great one this next weekend, man. I'm already looking forward to it. We get TCU under the lights in Norman on Saturday night. It's, it's a great a lot the, of fun. the Big Twelve always delivers. What I mean, come on now, I, I, people got look. 
enjoy it while we can because I'm not sure how many more years we're going to get. Yeah, obviously, we're going to get at this. But yeah, it, it, we're going to enjoy it while we can. Yeah, absolutely, man. Good times. Thanks, Josh. And it's always fun uh, chatting it up for sure. Always, my friend.